0: of Philippians, chapter 3, verses 4 to 14. Even though I, too, have reason for confidence in the flesh, if anyone else has reason to be more confident in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, a member of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Yet whatever gains I had, these I have come to regard as loss because of Christ. More than that, I regard everything as loss because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things, and I regard them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but one that comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but this one thing I do. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. And our gospel reading comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 21, verses 33 to 46. Listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. Then he leased it to tenants and went to another country. When the harvest time had come, he sent his slaves to the tenants to collect his produce. But the tenants seized his slaves and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. What will he do to those tenants? They said to him, He will put those wretches to a miserable death and lease the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the harvest time. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? This was the Lord's doing, and it is amazing in our eyes. Therefore I tell you, The kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that produces the fruits of the kingdom. The one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, and it will crush anyone on whom it falls. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parables, they realized he was speaking about them. They wanted to arrest him, but they feared the crowds because they regarded him as a prophet. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. As I'm sure everyone is well aware today, the President of the United States remains hospitalized due to the symptoms of COVID-19. Now, whatever feelings this may bring up for you, I want to say that it's fair that you feel that way so many people have shared their feelings of happiness even relief that the president's taken ill with the very disease about which he lied to the American people uh, to downplay the severity of the threat in order to not cause a panic, in order to keep the stock market at record highs however it is justified or rationalized we were lied to We were deceived. And as always, the people who bear the greatest burden, the people who pay the greatest price, when people in authority and power make bad decisions, are the marginalized, the oppressed, the poor, those in minority communities. So it makes sense to me if people in those communities feel some type of way about seeing the disease they were left to suffer with, with very little help, finally come to bear down on those in power and authority. It makes sense to people. It seems to be a kind of poetic justice, even to Christians, that the president is now being afflicted with the very virus his administration failed to even try to manage effectively. But, I wonder if there may be more work for us to do in our minds and in our hearts than simply to give in to our instincts or natural reactions. I wonder if we as a people being transformed by the renewing of our minds might have more to say than other people might. What does the Bible tell us about human worth and what Does it matter to us now? You see, human beings, the Bible tells us, are created in the image of God. Not some humans. Not good humans. Not the humans that go to your church. Not the humans you prefer. Not humans that think clearly and logically. Not humans who are able-bodied. Just humans are created in the image of God. if you, like me, are a member of a Methodist church, our faith speaks highly of something called prevenient grace, grace that is with us all of the time, not just us, but all creation, even before someone realizes they need grace, God's grace is right there, giving them life. God's grace, we believe, covers everyone, even the most dangerous of sinners, no matter how bad they wronged you. Now, my own study of the Bible has led me to realize that God can love someone like me, and that realization has left my heart strangely warmed. The famous quote from Wesley, Now that warmth in my heart, it makes me remember all the grace that I've received in my life when I didn't deserve it. And I can tell you, there have been times in my life where I didn't deserve it. But I received it anyway. Bible study is key to this discussion because hopefully you realize all the spiritual disciplines we've been talking about, they were building up to something. Hopefully you realize all of these practices, all of these, these, uh, these things to dedicate your time to, to bring you to spiritual maturity. It wasn't for nothing. It's so that when you open up the Bible, you've done the work of removing the plank from your eyes so that you can see clearly what God has for you. Now, even in the heart of a pandemic, serious study of scripture remains key to a healthy, stable, spiritual life. And it's easy to do from six feet away. Today, I want to bridge a gap in some of the responses I've seen from different people, some Christians, uh, and some not, about the president's illness and subsequent hospitalization. Uh, One camp has said it doesn't matter what he's done, it is not okay to wish sickness or harm on anybody. I understand those feelings and that commitment. Another camp, Uh, One of my friends from high school, he said, I appreciate you trying to follow Jesus, but he said, as for me in my house, I'm an atheist and I hope that man dies. And to be fair, uh, to be fair to that friend, plenty of my Christian friends and people of other religions have had much the same feelings. pretty much said the same thing about the mess the president has gotten himself into and all of us into as well. But shouldn't there be a difference? The only factor that I can see affecting uh, people's response is their politics. The two camps that I mentioned seem to mostly be Trump supporters and uh, non-Trump supporters. That seems to be the greatest predictor of how people feel the disease should progress in this particular human being. And isn't that odd? I'm left with a curiosity about the lack of distinction between religious people and non-religious people. You see, if I'm a Christian and I'm trying to live a life that's been transformed by the renewing of my mind and I've been spending all this time reading the book of Philippians, reading the book of Romans, preaching from the book of Romans, preaching from the book of Philippians, uh, preaching about the ethics of empire and how it doesn't care about human life and it doesn't value human life and it doesn't uh, value human dignity and freedom. Should I not mean all of those things that I, <laughs> that I said and preached? Or did I think that Jesus was being metaphorical when He told me to love my enemies, to pray for those who persecute me? Shouldn't I, as a Christian, have something more to offer? At least a new shade of a perspective? Shouldn't my voice be a little distinct in a conversation with someone coming from uh, a place that they don't have a spiritual background or they have one that's really different from mine? Why should we come out with the same opinion if I'm saying I've been transformed But I'm thinking the same way as somebody who's not. If there's no difference, what have I been preaching on the last five Sundays? Those spiritual disciplines. What was all the fellowship for? What was all the discipleship and testimony for? What was all the praying for? All the justice work, all the service, what was it for? They should make some kind of difference, shouldn't they? Not just in the world, but in me. In the way that I feel, in the way that I react, in the way that I think. About the things that I see. And if they don't, are they still spiritual disciplines? Or are they just ways that I occupy myself? When I've got some time to kill. And is that why in one of the Psalms, God, with God's own voice, says put away your cymbals and your drums, put away your flutes. I don't want to hear your praise songs. I don't want to be there at your festivals because your worship is fake and empty and doesn't do anything for anybody. I told somebody that if Jesus had not told me to love my enemies, I would have never even tried to do it on my own. Wouldn't have even occurred to me. And she said, oh, I think you would have. Which is very nice of her. Uh, It's flattering that she thinks that I am uh, naturally just such a loving person that she can't imagine that I would be as petty as I truly am. You can fool some people sometimes. But she hasn't seen the work that's been put in, the hours I've spent on my face, on the floor in prayer and meditation, day and night on God's word, thinking about uh, the life that I've lived and the people I've wronged and the times when I have been the betrayer, the, the, the friends that I've betrayed with a kiss. The life that I've poured into seeking a God who is love, and and still, still so petty. If I hadn't, had, if I hadn't read the Sermon on the Mount, all of those those natural instincts in me, which, which Paul calls the flesh, the power of the flesh, this drive to seek selfishly only those things that I care about and benefit me, I would be helpless for my own worst instincts. And knowing that about myself and having already practiced the humility to serve others and, and forming a heart of justice to seek God's will on earth and not mine and being in fellowship with other believers and practicing all the spiritual disciplines, I can open up the book with a mind ready to receive a truth that all people are worthy of God's love. And everybody is just like I am waiting to meet Jesus. all those other disciplines we practice break open our hearts and minds so that we can be prepared for this, the, one of the highest forms of worship available to us, the study of Scripture. And if I hadn't spent all that time in the Bible, I know I would, not have, I would not have had the internal intellectual or spiritual resources I needed to get beyond my initial petty reaction to the news that the president was now hospitalized with the very virus he and his enablers have consistently lied about and called a hoax. If you don't think that my first reaction required me to stifle a giggle, well you ask Andrea because she was there. She <laughs> she she gets to witness she gets to witness the initial reaction. I get time before I, I get to look holy and sound holy and put my face on before I come talk to y'all. Because it takes work, spiritual discipline on the inside bring your mind into alignment with the mind of Christ, who seeks to redeem and transform and bring new life to everyone. Do we mean it when we say everyone or do we not? Do we mean it when we say God is the God of love or do we not? I'm not saying it's wrong to have whatever reaction you had, and not even saying that the president doesn't deserve it. Because we're not talking about who deserves what. And people always want the Bible to be talking about what other people do and what they deserve. And primarily, the Bible's talking about you. It's not worried about other people. It says, what are you doing? That's the starting place. You don't look into the mirror in the morning to fix somebody else's face. You've got to get yourself right. First, the Bible is a mirror, it shows me that taking joy in the suffering of my enemies, though it seems to make sense, though it is logically consistent, though it makes me feel good, it's actually a plank on my own eye that I must remove before I seek to take the speck of somebody else's. I say, uh, whatever reaction you have is okay. Because like Paul, in, in today's reading from Philippians 3, I know that faith is a journey. Even Paul says he's not arrived yet at the place of maturity that he knows God's spirit is taking him. You see, uh, uh, Bible study it leads me to be suspicious of my own feelings and my basic instincts Because I know I'm going somewhere. And when I have those initial reactions, they're coming from the place that I was more often than they are coming from the place I am headed. And so I know to look again in the mirror of Scripture, knowing that I am in no way perfect yet. And like Paul, I am forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. This passage in Philippians has too long been abused to say that Paul is leaving behind Judaism and that only Christianity can be valued, but the truth is that Paul is saying what he's leaving behind is the arrogance he had in his his faith. He's he's leaving behind the the inkling of the notion that only his faith was pure, that only he was perfect before God, because he knows that that is the position from which he was murdering Christians. Paul was leaving behind the notion that if people happen to be evil, or if people happen to be outside of our faith, or what we consider uh, good and virtuous, then it is okay to kill them. That is the rubbish, the garbage that Paul says he's leaving behind in the past for the sake of God's glorious future. And I would have never known if I hadn't studied it out in the Bible. if If that's true, then I have to hope for better for the president than so many other people I have heard have hoped. See, I don't hope... He gets better and just goes back to sinning and lying to us all the time. And me hoping he recovers doesn't uh, hope he doesn't learn anything. You see, I, I hope that he encounters Jesus on the road as a blinding light. He encounters the healing love of God and goes on to sin no more. Isn't that a better future than just wishing him dead? Isn't that more in line with the prophetic imagination of Jesus? Isn't that more alive in your spirit just to imagine it? And that doesn't mean that's what's going to happen. But again, I'm not really talking about the president. I'm talking about me and my own heart. And the person that God has called me to be. And how, through all of the disciplines and spiritual practices that we've been through, I can come to the Bible with an open mind and a heart prepared to be broken. So that I can see myself clearly the way that God sees me. And when I can see myself clearly, I can see other people clearly. And I can see my enemy as someone who is deeply wounded and ill. In need of the love of God. In need of the liberation of God. Because who they're really hurting is their own selves and their own spirit. In a way that will leave them cast out into an outer darkness. Now what else might we find if we study the Bible in a place of spiritual maturity a little bit more? So with all of that said, I ask, when will you read the Bible this week? What time can you dedicate to God to study God's Word with an ear to hear? what the spirit is saying to god's people today in this time and place and if your own natural reactions just happen to line up with other people who don't have the same spiritual commitments and practices and values maybe spend a little bit of time in the morning looking in the mirror Amen, amen, amen. Thank you so much for being here. So good to have you all uh, gathering together. So good to share in communion this morning. Uh, Speaking of creative problem solving, as we continue to practice our spiritual disciplines uh, and our means of grace, as Wesley called them, taking communion, It is so beautiful to be able to share that with you. Uh, If you appreciate this message uh, and you are not watching live, please do let us know you are here with a comment uh, or a reaction. If you know somebody who needs to hear this word, please share it with them. If you want to support our ministry financially, you can find a link to do that safely and securely uh, above this post. My brother Chester will put it in the chat. Resources to study the Bible in depth. Talk to your pastor. Right. Um, get get connected with somebody and have uh, an accountability partner to help you dig into God's Word because more than ever we need it uh, to survive. Uh, God's Word is like uh, water. Rivers of living water, sustaining our spirits. It is. More than just bread to eat, it is manna from heaven, a divine gift that helps us see the world in a new way and imagine new possibilities uh, when other people might not have even thought of any. Uh, And then you can have people in your life that think you're just a naturally loving person uh, when they don't know how much work you put into letting God transform your heart. Uh, I'm so glad everybody was here. Are, 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 is there, are we dancing today?